Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Hoopod, number 40, guys. We hit 40. Still two years younger than me. Anyway, on this episode, we have Eric Bartman. Uh, Joey Terrell and I talked to him about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We talked to him about the DCEU. Uh, we talked to him about his streaming, Zelda, Mario, his, his Nintendo world, if you will. Um, we, we talk a lot about a lot of things. This was a pretty cool podcast. It was good to be able to talk to a human again. Um, somebody who perhaps we don't know. And like, that's kind of the grassroots of this podcast. And we absolutely loved it. So let's dive into it, shall we? Hoopot number 40 with our guest, Eric Barkman. I'm sorry, but ah is not in your context. Okay, that that... That, that's a pretty cold open, Joey. Welcome to the next episode of Hoopod. You better leave that in. Uh, <laughs> we have with us today, Eric Barkman. Welcome, Eric. Hi. So Eric joins us from the Great White North, a little bit, uh, little bit west of me, a little bit north. Um, he's eating a boot. He's <laughs> really, she's, she's going to try to bait him all, all podcast. We have with us today, of course, the lovely Joey Couture. Okay, just a little background information he said go ahead and give me the verbal thumbs up once everybody's you know ready to go so i was giving him the verbal thumbs up that's why i could lies <laughs> lies i wasn't that's not a lie at all <laughs> and of course the lovely tierland pugsty thank you for having me um eric if uh so we've I've seen you in the community a lot. You're you're an avid poster, specifically in the Facebook and Twitch groups. Um, love that you wanted yeah. to be on this podcast. Absolutely love to find feather feather. Great timing. Love to find fellow Canadians in the community. Uh, I I feel there's not that many of us. But then whenever Felicia does anything in Canada, it's like this. It's jammed. It's like where do you guys come from? Where are you all the rest of the year? Uh, so I, I'm I'm really happy to always find. Uh, Fellow fellow Canadian human, so welcome to the Hoopod. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think there's a few of us who are just very spread out. Well, that's just Canada in general. Yeah. If, if you guys have ever seen a population map of Canada, 90% of our country lives uh, within a couple hours of the border. And then there's the rest of our enormous landmass with, like, next to nobody on it. <laughs> it's pretty nuts. Um, but, uh, so, Eric, you're... Tell me about some of your geeky passions. Tell me some of the things that drive you. Uh, and, and, and when you're done with some of that, tell me how you found Teen Human. Well, my geeky passions are fairly varied because, like, I love I love stories. I love fiction. So, like, sci-fi has always been a big one for me and superhero stuff especially. I think both of those are ones that I got into from my dad and such. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I, and video games and such. And ha- as for how I joined Team Human, I was kind of been around since kind of the beginning because, like, I was a fan of Geek and Sundry from the beginning From after being a fan of uh, Felicia Day from the Guild and Dr. Horrible and such. Nice. But for the longest time in Team Human, I was kind of, you know, I was one of the people that was there, you know, following stuff, but not really being very active. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. I mean, I think there's a lot of people in our community that are like that, and that is absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Um, yeah. There's there's very few people, I think, that jump into the group and um, announce themselves in a way that only an Australian can. Um, 
Nothing, Terilyn? Just just nothing. Quiet. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, so sorry. What happened? I totally got distracted. <laughs> well, I, I figured that, hence why. I, anyway, um, no, I was uh, I was talking about how a lot of people, when they join Team Human, are very, they, they kind of walk into the community and they, they kind of sit back and they watch for a long time and they absorb. And, and, and after they feel comfortable, they kind of reveal themselves. I think you, you did a pretty good job of, of being comfortable pretty quickly, Terrell, if memory serves. Oh, I think the first day I was talking. <laughs> Not really shy, I guess. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I mean, the thing about humans is that we come in all different shapes, flavors, and sizes. There, there's a lot of common traits, I think, amongst us. We're general, uh, ge- generally animal lovers. We're, we're generally really nice people um, and, mm. and and welcoming. And, and, and that is like some key traits that I just wish everybody in the world had. I, I mean... Well, you can always tell a good person by the way they treat animals. That's how I, I always go by. If you are fantastic to animals and you take care of them, then you're a pretty decent person all around. I tend to agree with that point of view. I know a lot of people disagree with that in my day-to-day life. Um, we had a cat that was pretty sick. We had him for a week, and uh, basically he they, they told us it's a coin flip if he lives or dies. And you know, we ended up spending a lot of money to save his life, and we did, which is great. Um, and I have absolutely no regrets, but I think about 80% of the people I talk to about it look at me like I was crazy. It's like, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, so my childhood dog, I had her for 16 years. So I was five years old when I got her and she took me all the way up to 21 and we knew she was dying and they pretty much said, look, we can put her down right now or we could try and save her even though it's slim. And it cost, you know, thousands of dollars but we went, she's part of the family. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, she's been there my whole life nearly. And even if it gave her just a few extra days, money didn't matter. It was all about, yeah, saving my best friend. And she was almost like my sister, which I know sounds really weird having a dog for a sister, but I was an only child, so it was the best thing I had. <laughs> Joey, actually, I don't know if I've ever asked you, is, um, do you, is there pets in your house at all, Joey? Yes. Uh, so... I gained custody, not that there was much of an argument, uh, of... Oh, um, yeah, the Ozman. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So my ex and I, we had gotten a kitten uh, a couple years ago, and, yeah, actually, coming coming up this September, it will be, like, two years that I've had him. So I have an orange tabby, and his name is Ozzy Posborn, and he was named because... It was shot in the dark by Ozzy Osbourne that was playing when we decided to adopt him, so we named him Ozzy. And he, in all actuality, is about two years old now, and he still squeaks like he's six weeks old. No, my... My, one of my cats does that. She's four now, and she still squeaks, so I don't think he'll ever grow out of that. And it's so cute. I can't even deal with it. And he... he, he okay, he's a little special. Because, <laughs> like, he'll... he'll <laughs> so mine. Like, he has this routine where he walks into random rooms of the house, and he's going to tell a story, and about halfway through the story, he either realizes there's nobody there to tell the story to, mm-hmm. or he forgets what he's doing, and then he kind of exits the room all embarrassed-like. <laughs> Joey, but then he goes into like cat. the hallway and, and continues. <laughs> Joey, my squeaking cat finds a corner in the middle of the, in, in a room, a random room, and just stares at it and then starts squeaking. <laughs> Eric, do you have any special so animals I... in your life? <laughs> uh, my roommate has a cat which he got last uh, fall, maybe late summer. I don't remember exactly, but yeah. Growing up, I never had 
Any pets? Like, well, my brother had one for like a year when we were little, but otherwise, this is the first time like I've actually really lived with an animal, and it's it's an interesting uh, change. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I had pets on and off through most of my life. As soon as I was, if you will, a a, a teenager who could spend my own money on animals, I I did that. I've had the gamut of the animal spectrum. Trust me, I've had. Dogs, cats, birds, fish. I bred fish for years. Um, you know, I, I, I've always been involved with pets. But, you know, until I was probably about 15 or 16, there was maybe one or two cats in my life, and that was it. Uh, um, since then, I've had quite a few. <laughs> I've, no. ne- I've never been without a cat since then. How, just quickly, how do you breed fish? Carefully. Um, <laughs> it, it, it really depends yeah. on the species. So the, the fish that I used to breed, um, are, they're, they're called bettas or some people know them, the Siamese fighting fish. If you ever go to the pet store mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but if you go to the pet store and you see those, those ones with the big fins that are in their individual bowls everywhere. No. no. Okay. It's no. I don't really go into fish stores. Fair enough. But yeah. Okay. Um, but <laughs> anyway, so, so they're, they're, they're Siamese fighting fish. They're very prevalent up here in, in North America. Um, the ones that you see in the stores are generally about three years old and at the end of their life. Uh, and when you, when you kind of dive into the breeding of them, they're nowhere near as big as the ones you see in the store because again, they're at the end of their life. So I I got into that for a while and the, the colors and the, and it's, it's a whole thing because you can't have two males in the same tank. They'll kill each other. Um, so it's a very aggressive, uh, this, ver- this thing specifically is a very aggressive courtship. So <laughs> let's dive into Blair's fish time a little bit, shall we? Um, dive into my other college degree, if you will. So what you do... Uh, Blair, no. Remember, the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. It's not, it's not Fight Club. It's, 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 it's fish, okay? Um, it's Fish Club. It's Fish Club. Um, so, so what you do is you start off by... Um, putting a male in a tank and you put a female that so he could see her but he can't access is this starting her. is this going to get x-rated no um but it's 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 your basic strip tease is how this thing plays out so, so you put the male in, in the tank and then you put a divider and you put the female so he could see her but he can't get at her um Ooh, sounds sexy yeah drives him insane to the point where he builds what's called a bubble nest so he goes up to the top and he just blows a bubble bunch of bubbles together <laughs> and creates a nest so you wait to the feet that's so cute it, it's a little cute um but it gets it goes a little downhill from here um you have to have a lot of cover because the actual courting is super aggressive um, so you basically wait till the female has stripes, like uh, up-down stripes. I can't remember her horizontal vertical. I'm so bad. Um, up-down stripes on her body, and that means that she's ready to be a part of the courtship. You remove the divider. He basically chases her and beats the living crap out of her until she submissively swims towards him. They intertwine. They do their thing. And eggs fall to the bottom of the tank. And then at that point, you get the female out because she's just, he will kill her if she stays. Um, And you put her to rest because she just had her ass kicked for X amount of time. And he takes care of the nest. So he goes down, he picks up the eggs, and he puts them in his bubble nest. And he actually rears the fish until they hatch. And as soon as they hatch, you get him the fuck out of there because he will eat his own kids. It is an incredibly weird process but do you, do you think that's how mermaids do it, it they very well might 
They very well may. <laughs> but see, all right, well, if I come back, if I get reincarnated, I'm not coming back as a fish. I think I come back as a spider because, you know, at least the woman comes out on top. She eats the man. So I think that's a better <laughs> version of this sex tale. Yeah, I don't know if we get... <laughs> this anyway. is starting to sound like some serious Game of Thrones stuff going on here. I don't know about the rest of y'all, okay? Yeah, I mean, that's... I I, I did it for, for years. I, I, you know, it was a lot of fun, and the fish are absolutely gorgeous. Like, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun watching this woman get her ass kicked. Out of the woman. <laughs> no, but I mean, the thing is, the fish are absolutely beautiful, and, and you do your... You protect those females, trust me, because they're... They're the, the, the key of the whole thing. Um, but enough of my fish stories. <laughs> let's, let's get into some Marvel com, uh, Cinematic Universe and the DCEU. Um, do you have a preference between the two? Oh, definitely Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> definitely. Tell me about them. Talk, talk to me about your, your love for this, this universe. Um, I'm a big fan of, like, crossovers and, like... Uh, how the MCU was built up where, you know, they started off with the individual movies, like solo movies, and then built into the team. And then like it splits off back into solo movies, comes together and stuff, spin offs, spins off and like leads back into and between the TV shows as well, all the different connections and such. It's really amazing to me the way they pulled it off. I was, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, what, what, you were saying I was I was going to talk about Agents of Shield. I I had I I'd watched Agents of Shield to a point. I haven't seen it in a while, but uh, I was very much on top of it for a while, and I kind of lost touch for I'd say about a month, and then all of a sudden I tuned in, and there was no Shield, and I was just like, the fuck? Mm. And they're like, and then all of a sudden I I went looking. And I'm like, what the hell? And they're like, okay, first of all, watch the TV show to this episode. Once you get here, mm-hmm. stop. Go watch the. Uh, Thor Dark World. Winter Soldier. Or whatever it was, yeah. Um, go Captain America, yeah. Yeah, go watch the movie. And then after you've watched the movie, then come back and you can start watching the show again. I had no idea they were tying, you know, cross-universe with the TV show. Like, I, I okay, yeah. the movie's got their thing, great, but I had no idea they were going to bring it into the TV show like that, which I thought was pretty cool. With, with that being said, I'm, I'm probably two or three years behind on, on S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point. And from what I'm told, they're not doing that as much anymore. Is that true or is that false? Um... That was definitely one of the biggest things, just because Captain America Winter Soldier was about S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, so, and S.H.I.E.L.D. being destroyed, so obviously the show had to, you know, deal with that. But, like, uh, last year there was Fallout, or I don't know if Fallout is the right word, but, like, Aftermath from Captain America Civil War, like, stuff like that got picked up. Not to the same extent as with Winter Soldier, but it did. Doctor Strange, there hasn't really been, like, direct story stuff, but there was thematic stuff, because, like, Doctor Strange was all about introducing magic into the MCU, mm-hmm. and in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., in the first half of the season, they were dealing with Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff like that, or whatever, and they've been using the Dark Hold, and there was definitely some stuff that was, like, visually similar with the way magic worked and such. Mm. And, yeah. I, I doubt there will be anything with guardians to the galaxy volume two since that's you know off in space but right right well um i i've i've i appreciated how they were tying things together i i as yeah. a fan loved it i i try to also see it from the actor's point of view and that's a major commitment for a lot of these guys 
And yeah. to this point, nobody has turned tailed and run, even though, you know, they probably had the star power to do so. Um, I mean, Robert Downey could have left at any point. You know, um, Chris Evans could probably leave at any point. Hemsworth can leave at any point. But to, to, at least to, to now, they haven't yet, which I got to give credit on that. Yeah. The thing is, I think from what I've heard, like a lot of them, they love playing these roles. But on the other hand, they are also very taxing. Mm-hmm. I know Chris Evans has talked about how he wants to do more directing, which he doesn't have time for because he's, you know, filming a Captain America or Avengers movie, you know, half of every year. And when he's not, he's keeping in shape for playing Captain America and such. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm told, I mean, yeah. I, I know that, I mean, that was a big thing with Hugh Jackman in the Wolverine roles is the same yeah. deal. He's just got to the point where he's like, it is hard to be in Wolverine shape. It is yeah. not easy. I mean, yes, it looks great, and, you know, I thank my career for it, but, I mean, he's not a young man anymore, and, and, you know, Chris is, you know, getting older. Robert Downey is clearly, you know, into those Twilight years as well, and he's still looking pretty good for his age. Um, yeah. But you also talked in about the uh, the Arrowverse, which I think that's... is is, yes. is Is that in DC's world, though, isn't it? Yeah, yes, that's uh, DC Comics-based uh, with TV shows on the CW, um, Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow are all, like, directly set in the universe, and then Supergirl Mm -hmm. is its own universe, but there's crossover with, like, interdimensional stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Constantine was also retroactively brought in when he appeared on an episode of Arrow. Oh, they brought Constantine in. See, I I watch all the rest of them but Arrow, and, and I will... Use this as a very tight caveat because I've been told to get over myself on this one. Is I didn't like Arrow when I first started to watch it. I thought the character, um, uh, oh god, Oliver. Um, I thought Oliver was just too much of an asshole, and I couldn't deal. And you know, I'm sitting here watching Felicity at the time was you know obviously fawning over him, and he just treated her like crap. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't like this guy at all. Um, so I didn't watch Arrow, but I watched the rest of the uh, DC EU, if you will. And I like the rest of it. In fact, I have a family member that works on DC Legends of the Tomorrow uh, as a location scout. So, oh yeah, that, that is that must be pretty cool. <laughs> well, I mean, they 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 film these. Uh, yeah, I think they film them all in Vancouver. So, yeah, um, I know they move they they move Supergirl up, and that's why Supergirl lost. Uh, um, oh God, uh, Callista Falakart. Yeah. So, I gotta catch up on Supergirl. I I wrote Supergirl off. Sorry, go ahead, Joey. Oh, I was just going to say, so two things. Um, I haven't watched Arrow for the last couple of seasons. Just, I've been so busy. I haven't even kept up on Supernatural yet. <laughs> well, don't even get me started on Supernatural. For, well, there's two reasons why for Supernatural. One, because I'm still pissed off that they killed Charlie. And second of all, yeah. I'm just, I've am just i been so busy that I haven't had much of a chance. And then, like, if they said that Charlie was going to come back, I'd go back and watch it. Or if, even if she was coming back as a ghost or something. But I think they should just say that she faked her death. But anyways, so... Um, the whole Oliver Queen acting like an asshole during season one, that's only for about the first five episodes. And it, you, you actually understand, they actually kind of explain why, like, you get shown why he's being kind of like a dick and asshole, you know. Um, so, like, that you can, you can go back and watch it. And trust me, he doesn't do it anymore. Speaking of Marvel that I finally got to see a year and a month later was Deadpool. And I'm in love with Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Deadpool was phenomenal. Yeah, Deadpool was my favorite X-Men movie until Logan came out. I've yet to see Logan yet. 
and oh, I, I have it's, it's so too. good. I have a buddy that I, I had a choice between watching Logan and Beauty and the Beast, and I went with Beauty and the Beast. Mm. <laughs> I know, shame. Sorry, go on, Blair. No, no, it's it's. I have a buddy that I promised I'd watch uh, Logan with, and I've seen him for all of five seconds since we made that promise. He's currently in St. Lucia right now, which I'm sure he's not hurting. But when he gets back, we gotta watch freaking Logan <laughs> because uh, I need to see. Wolverine untethered, if you will. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Deadpool's by far been my favorite. My favorite from I'll I'll just say that whole universe. I'll take it. I'll take it over Winter Soldier. I'll take it over. Uh, oh Cap- no. Captain America too. <laughs> I, I I'm sorry. I absolutely love Deadpool. It was top of the top of the stack for me. They were my favorite of the X Men, but the MCU tops the X Men for me. Hmm. Just, but. That's just me. Fair enough. Now, when it comes to the movies, I got to give Marvel the gold medal. And DC is sitting back looking up going, oh, the medals look nice. Um, I give them the gold, silver, bronze. I give them all three. Uh, but when it comes to TV, I, I, I got to give it to DC personally. Um, I really like how the DC has been working through the TV. I love the crossovers that they've been doing with the three Vancouver shows. Um, they, they actually did a musical crossover with Supergirl and Flash. It's like, oh, you cast a le- two Glee actors as, as the leads in Supergirl and Flash, and you're not going to exploit that? And I give you two seasons. Two seasons in, boom, crossover. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, the two of them, I was actually surprised because I, I thought that they would be better. <laughs> they are, they're not bad, but I thought they would be better. Um, Victor Garber, though, on the other hand. Vi- Victor Garber sounds like he's straight out of the opera. I could not believe it. They they did yeah. they did a crossover for with two shows. Um, they, they it was the Flash and Supergirl, and randomly two characters from DC Legends of T- Tomorrow come over. That you know one started in the Arrowverse and the other one started in Flash's universe. Just cause they had the ability to sing, that was Victor Garber and John Barrowman, which Doctor Who fans know Barrowman. Um, but yeah, two of them clearly can sing. It was good. It was good. But uh, mm. no, it was it it was an interesting episode. I liked it. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I, as I was saying before, Joey uh, started uh, finally able to jump in on the conversation because because I don't breathe apparently when I talk. Um, no. I don't. <laughs> um, is that I'd written Supergirl off and I had written it off at the point where it turned good. Um, <laughs> I did. It was just like, oh my god! It just it felt like a teenage drama, and I'm just like, I don't know if I have time for this. And then literally the next show, the one that I had stopped on originally, I'm like, oh. It went good again. Okay, cool. And then I've been, I've been watching it ever since. I've actually really enjoyed it this year. Um, they're doing, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, the the uh, Kara character, the Supergirl character, is, is doing very Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of leadness, which I've been appreciating. Um, so for anyone who's a fan of Buffy, you might enjoy uh, Supergirl circa season two. Speaking of John Barrowman, though, uh, with the whole singing, I actually have a very great number of his albums <laughs> uh and my favorite song that he does is where he changes the song from wicked from the wizard and i to the doctor and i uh. and it's the best song <laughs> in the world so Tyrlin, yeah would you like to geek out about zelda with our friend eric oh absolutely except before the podcast started, you did happen to say you were playing the Twilight Princess, and I, I'm sorry, the, 
this can't work out. <laughs> well, I um, just so you like it. I, I just I couldn't get into that game. I was really disappointed by it. I'm currently playing through like the entire series in release order, and Twilight Princess is where I'm currently at. It is yeah. actually my least favorite of at least the 3D games. I was about to say there is a there's the second one that it, that they released, which was a steaming pile of shit. Zelda two. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I've actually. I, I, it used to be my least favorite. Um, I'm currently in between, like doing, you know, my going through and like uh, beating all the games. I'm also like going back and you know working on hundred percenting, and I'm doing some interesting things in Zelda Two, which makes me like it a bit more. But I'm soon going to get to the point where it's going to be tedious. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I discover that it's possible in that game to not use any keys, and also to max out the life count and. Uh, I, I'm weird when it comes to 100% in games. No, nothing wrong with it at all. Wait till you get to Breath of the Wild. Zelda oh. 2, I'm not familiar. Oh, they changed it from a top view to a side-scroller. and I was being sarcastic. <laughs> M- moving on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, funny, like, ha, 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 ha. I'm not familiar. <laughs> it's a steaming pile of shit, in my opinion. And I love the Zelda series because I loved that first game. I think my team just scored. Uh, <laughs> as my wife yells from the other room. Um, I, I, I loved that original game um, so very much. And to follow it up with something that I thought was so inferior was very difficult for me to, to deal with. Um, and, I, and, I did, and I thought that was it for Zelda for me. I honestly thought that uh, I wasn't going to play anymore. But... Here I am. Favorite game I've probably ever played, Breath of the Wild. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible game. Can't wait for you to get there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've watched a lot of people streaming at it, and I'm just like, oh, this looks so amazing. <laughs> a buddy of yeah, mine. I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night to a conversation between Blair and Sherlin through <laughs> Facebook Messenger, and they're just going on and on and on. Well, I found this shrine, and I found this giant horse. Oh, no! I, I haven't horse. found that shrine yet, because I'm still trying to do all these little mini side shrines, and how'd you get the horse? I didn't know there was a giant horse at all! And I'm just <laughs> sitting there like, yup, and I don't own a Nintendo at all. I can't be part of this conversation. Thanks for alienating me, assholes. <laughs> Um, there's a guy that I work with that he likes to watch speedrunners. I'm not sure if this is something you're interested in at all, Eric, being a big Twitch guy. Um, kind of. So the, the a French guy set the, 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 um, I guess the, the bar on the Zelda Breath of the Wild speedrun. First guy to finish a hundred percent. He did it in 50 hours, five zero, mm. um, hours. And he did, he's got a video of most of it and he did the last two and a half hours live on Twitch. But that, that, so that's the mark to beat, 50 hours. Um, See, I think I spend most of my time just gambling to try and get money to purchase items for my house. <laughs> Would you go down to that little tropical town and you do that little three choose a yeah. bit? Oh, my God. I did that. And I was... I'm pretty good at it. I get the 300 rupees pretty well, but you, you, as soon as you lose, reload. Done. <laughs> I found that I kept getting the 300 rupees on my third guess. So it would be like... Here's a hundred. Here's a hundred. Here's a hundred. Oh, I get three hundred back, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I think I'm wasting my time. <laughs> I have to know. Do, do you do you break pots in the new one? You could break pots, yes. Yeah, but there's nothing really in them. That's just really disappointing. True. Well, then there's no point. You, the things are in crates. They're not in the pots. 
which yeah. Oh, they they change the the whole mythology. That's not it's not good. Well, well I was actually um something I was reading about that because uh in the Minish Cap, the one for the Game Boy Advance, they reveal that there's these little people called Minish that like hide all these things in like uh, under rocks, in grass, and all this stuff. And now in this game, that doesn't happen, which means clearly the Minish have died out, which mm-hmm. is just sad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they have uh, little Koroks in this game. That uh, There's 900 Oh, I was about them. to talk about them. 900, is there? 900 Koroks in this game. I have a really dark pleasure with those Koroks because every time I find them under a rock, I kind of just drop it on their head. And they just go, ouch. <laughs> so you find them <laughs> and, and then you drop out. the rock on their head. I do. It's so cute when they get hurt. Like, I know that sounds really bad, <laughs> but it's funny. <laughs> Yeah, this this new Zelda game. I mean, obviously they delayed this and they they scrapped it and rebuilt it. And for years, that was very salty towards that. But you know what? They got this game right. I have to tip my hat to it. Mm. It is literally top five game of all time for me. Perhaps the top spot. I am enjoying this game more than I've enjoyed a video game in a very very long time. Mm, I got here. level twenty six in Pokemon Go. I think you beat. That's the spirit. I think that's about where I'm at in Pokemon Go, too. I finally I got a 21. Togepi. <laughs> what? How do you get Togepi? I actually just hatched it. Oh. And they've got this thing going on right now that if you... I don't know how much longer it's going to last, but if you have a lucky egg going just as you're about to hatch one of your eggs, you get quadruple experience. Oh, Ooh, nice. Yeah, because there's also this little sale going on in the shop for for lucky eggs, and mm-hmm. I had I had saved up my my pokey coins, and it was it said you can get twenty five for less than a thousand coins, and I was like, oh, excuse me, let me get some eggs. <laughs> my my whole Pokemon Go experience now can consist of from time to time opening it and see if there's ones that I haven't caught yet and closing it and going away. I'll I'll open it up whenever I'm going walking anywhere which is anytime i leave the house because i don't have a car but i don't leave the house very often these days so yeah it's uh i mean i really liked the game uh early and and going to san diego the experience of playing pokemon in san diego comic-con was unbelievable every every single place had a lure every single place and there are so many more pokestops down there than there is up in our neck of the woods i can tell you that um But, like, they all, all of them had, had Pokestops, and so the Pokemon were everywhere. I, I think I found 20 that I had never seen before on my first day in San Diego. And I was like, data plan worth it, sweet, perfect, love it. You know, so I guess <laughs> I had rented a, or I purchased a 30-day data plan, um, mm. and it was, it was unbelievable. And then they had the big thing where they thought the, um, oh, Washington just scored, shoot. Um, <laughs> they they thought they were going to uh, release the first legendary because the because oh, yeah. Pokemon was doing a uh, panel at San Diego Comic Con. Now whether or not they originally had planned to do it is irrelevant because what had happened is us smart people learned yes we couldn't get into the panel a bunch of people got into the panel but because of geography we'll just go above the uh, <laughs> above the, the the hall so a bunch of us were sitting above Hall H just waiting for them to drop it. But the problem was there were too many of us and we caused a fire hazard. So they cleared us all out. Oh. 
They literally kicked us all out of there. And uh, I was with one of our former guests, whom I won't name, and he was like, I am not moving. <laughs> I don't know what you think you're trying to do, but it won't work. But um, we, we ended up dispersing, and then they just they didn't re- release it. I don't know. Again, I don't know if they were planning to or not, but they did not release the Legendary that day. Maybe this year. You know, Blair, if you ever want to relive a similar experience to that, where there's, there's lures and Pokestops all over the place... Just make a trip to Seattle because now every single Starbucks is its own Pokestop. That's true. And there's Starbucks everywhere. Mm-hmm. So if you ever need to experience it again, just go to Seattle. And you'll be set. I, I'll happily go back to San Diego, honestly. That was uh, that was something. You, you all have to go there, by the way. You must all go there. That is not... Okay, one of my housemates, who I, call, who I call my sister because we've known each other that long, we're like family, she's been to San Diego Comic-Con. This, now, this was like years ago, and uh, my two other housemates, they are huge con-goers, and she, she took one look at them, and she's like, you two cannot handle San Diego. <laughs> and if they can't handle San Diego, Lord knows I'm going to die the second I get off the plane in San Diego. You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I heard that a lot before I went, and it, that that's just somebody puffing themselves up a little bit. Look, San Diego is huge. Don't get me wrong. There is always something going on there. The crowds are incredible. There's a lot of people doing a lot of things, but you can handle San Diego. It's it, Once you get inside the convention, it's just a con. It's like any other place. There's just more going on than there would be, you know. I mean, when you're outside of the convention, that's where it really shines because I don't know what cons are in your neck of the woods, but in Toronto, the cons only in the convention center. There's nothing going on outside the convention centers, which is such a lost opportunity. San Diego embraces it. Just like the whole city, it becomes Comic-Con, and every business benefits from that fact. And I just I wish more cities would understand that and do likewise because maybe San Diego wouldn't be such a big deal to get down to then. Um, it's just because they're the ones that do it the best. They've been the ones that have been doing it the longest, and they've learned things over the years. And my hat's off to them for doing that. Plus, the uh, Geek and Sundry offsite is pretty awesome. If you yeah. if you have nowhere to go and don't have a badge, hey, there's a place for you to hang out with humans. Always a good thing. Um, all right, so. Tierlin is our resident author. Joey is our author in in uh, not training in writing. Is that fair? Um, Just call me Padwan. Pat, <laughs> he's a pat, he's he's a Padwan writer. Um, you yourself write, Eric. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about your writing? Um, well, I've I have two series that I write and I put online just on my Tumblr or whatever. The one is a short story series called Chrono Hustle, and it's about time travel and. Sold. Characters in it like, <laughs> yeah. It, it started out like the reason because it's for the word hustle in it is it started out being with the main character being like a con artist. He started you know going and you know accidentally found himself time traveling and then the plan was for him to do like me to have him like pulling off a lot of cons and such in different time periods, but it kind of ended up going a different way fairly quickly with him getting involved in a group and there being like conspiracies and like different groups involved in time travel with different, like, goals and such. And it kind of went on from there. I've been writing that one for three years or so. And then my other series, uh, Simple Complications, it, 
a daily series, kind of like a webcomic, but without the comic part, because I can't draw. And then it's started out kind of like slice of life about university students. And then over time, it kept getting more and more sci-fi elements added in. And it still is occasionally slice of life, but it's slice of life with science fiction stuff. Oh. Hmm. Sounds good. Two things yeah. sound pretty cool. Yeah. They're also both set in the same universe, and I've done a couple of crossovers. Oh, very nice. Uh, now, as a writer, I love doing crossovers. If you, when all my books come out, you'll find there's a little, it's a bit meta. There's always a hint to another one of my stories. And there's something very satisfying about that, hey, about joining the worlds in some way, whether it be that one book or one character is a fictional character within another character's world, if that makes sense. So I've got, <laughs> I just saw your face. You're like, hang on, I'm trying to understand that. Um, so for example, I've got in my new book, Colt Harper, he meets a couple who are reading Broken Dolls, which was my first book. So in my fictional world, there are characters that are truly fictional within another fictional world. Hmm. Yeah. Do you do uh, things like cool. that? Uh, no, for mine, like, they are just in the same universe, like, so, like, the characters have met each other and such. And actually, one of the characters that started in one series is now in the other series. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll have to give it a read. And um, I guess we could do this before the promotion section. What's your Tumblr? Where can people find these things? Uh, ericbarkman.tumblr.com. There you go. And, and Eric Barkman yeah. is spelt as it sounds, guys, so with a C. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, you. The, the Eric is with a C, the Barkman is with a K. <laughs> True. Yes, I should clarify that you're correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you talked, you, you touched on two things. I'm a big fan of, and you're also reading a book series I'm a massive fan of. And and Joey, I think, you, you also are a fan of the Wheel of Time. I haven't started reading the Wheel of Time just yet because. <laughs> I'm holding out until I get a prettier copy of Eye of the World. I've gotten a semi-prettier <laughs> copy in hardback of Eye of the World, but it's still kind of rugged <laughs> looking. And I now have a Kindle, so I could totally read them on ebook, like on the go, if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But for Wheel of Time, I want to I want to experience it, reading it from the hardback. That's I don't know. Just I look I'm looking at it, and I'm like, no, that's how I want to experience it. So until I get that book. I am. I have to temporarily hold off. That that it's it's too bad because I mean I read the first ten in paperback and frankly it's because I the, they had been released for years at that point when I started. I started the series pretty late, um, in I'm, in in my opinion. But you know, Eric, you've just recently started. And Joey, you're about to start, so perhaps my my concept of late is not what what is 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 relevant to this conversation. But well, there's a reason why. Like, okay, I mean, I I have an entire set, which, by the way, I'm doing a giveaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Wheel of Time giveaway on Twitter. Yep. <laughs> if you, at, at Joey Couture underscore. Uh, I could read them on paperback. The reason why I haven't read them on paperback is because, and I, and I found out that I'm a, one of those rare people, but it's actually not as rare as it sounds, when really huge books are put into a mass market type size of book format. The spacing between lines and the size of the font, not to mention the actual font typeface, 
can give me a major headache, kind of like when you ask somebody who needs glasses to try to read something without glasses on, mm. it it's it get, creates a migraine, and it either get, does that to me, or I get or I end up just passing out, or I get bored because I can't read, or because I've reread something over and over and over because I keep missing or skipping or starting the same line over. Which is why I want to do it in the hardback because they're properly spaced. The font isn't harsh on the eyes. I've been that's re- how. That's why I want to read it through the hardback as opposed to the paperback. I've been wanting to figure out some way of of telling this story um, through like a podcast type format. It's it's not my story to tell. It's uh, it's clearly in Harriet's hands, who is Robert Jordan's widow. Um, she was also his uh, editor, I think, his entire career. So I, I don't want to disrespect that. But this, this series has been so amazing and, and s- since the time I picked it up. And the first um, two books are, are pretty easy, light. I wouldn't even say they're heavy reads. They're, they're a good fantasy storybook read. And then in book three, things get heavier. <laughs> um, and then, you know, four is heavier and five is heavier. And then six is ridiculous. And um, six is probably my least favorite in the entire um, arc of the sh- of of the book series and in Lord of Chaos, um, and I'm not going to talk any plots. I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. But is the book that if somebody told me that's where they stopped, I would get it. I would totally understand because of the content of it. It's like there are some people who never got past the Storm of Swords in in you know um, J.R. Martin's. Uh, Song of Fire of Ice, um, which is Game of Thrones. The, the series is actually called The Song of Fire of Ice, people. Game of Thrones is the first book. That's it. Um, but anyway, the TV show is called Game of Thrones, so I understand. But um, that that book was so heavy for certain people that they couldn't get past that one. And I get it. It's, it's, it's an emotional thing to go through, be it positive or negative emotion. And... Um, I guess when you when you reach something that much, it rather draws you in deeper or it just pushes you away. But uh, if you power through it, and, and it will be tough sledding for a few books after that, it gets so good in the last four or five. They're all, they're all incredibly good books. So you have a lot to look forward to. Um, if you're a friend of, uh, fan of Brandon Sanderson, he jumps into the series uh, for the last three when, unfortunately, Mr. Jordan passes away. And uh, it's 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 wonderful series. The last book is one of the, my favorite books I've ever read. I've actually got I want to say half of the books in audiobook format. Hmm. So like if the book if I feel like the book is gonna go too long and I'm just like oh wow wow I cannot spend too much time trying to read this, I can put the audiobook on and continue my day. <laughs> That's how I I got through the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I yeah. tried so hard to yep. get into the Two Towers, and I had and I kept stopping. I'm like oh my god, it's just droning about something that I can't remember what the hell I just read. I could read three words and not remember <laughs> anything that I read. I was like nope nope nope. I can, I can almost tell you exactly where it was because I, when I first heard The Hobbit, I was 12 years old. Um, my grade six teacher read it to us, and I was immediately enthralled. I was, this is the greatest thing ever. I need The Hobbit. So my grandmother at the time for my birthday bought me The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. I didn't realize that there was another story. I was like, there's another story, and it's like five times the size of The Hobbit? This is awesome. And it was it was all of the books in one in a paperback, believe it or not. That was 
like not the small paperbacks, but like the all. It was two, oh, an omnibus. Yeah, it was two thousand page paperback. Damn, I broke the shit out of that spine book. But it was the same spot for me. I tried reading Lord of the Rings. I think it was five times before I finally pushed through, and I got stuck in the same spot every single time due to boredom. <laughs> the writers of Rohan almost killed it for me every single time. And on the fifth read, I'm like, just force yourself through it, force yourself through it. And as soon as I got through that, it was great. But I had to get through that shit storm. Um, I couldn't do it. I tried so hard. I've, I got to the point, Blair, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm sitting there and I'm reading. I think, I think I want to say it was like chapter three of the first half of the two towers because technically two towers is two separate stories in yep. the same they all are volume they all are yeah. and it was like so technically it was chapter three of the of part one and i don't know what it was but i would get to a certain point i'm like i'm like what book am i reading again <laughs> i would forget what i was reading i'm like I, what <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? Like, when I said five reads, that was starting from the beginning and, and moving forward. Like, I did five full reads before I got through. It's pain. That's committed. That what, I, be, yeah. I mean, I got the book in grade six. I find, I think I finally got through it in grade ten. Like, it just, I, I tried. I really did. And, you know, I can watch the movies, and the movies are fine. And I'm like, yo, here's the boring part. I'm like, well, it's still boring in the movies, but it's not as boring. So that's okay. I read Stephen King's The Stand in sixth grade. You win. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to win. I was just throwing it out there. I'm like, I read that one. Does that count? <laughs> but I think you're going to really enjoy uh, The Wheel of Time. Uh, Eric was telling me earlier he's on The Great Hunt, so he's only on the second book, and they're looking yeah. for The Horn of Valer, I think it's pronounced, um, which, uh, well, no, I'm not going to say anything. Anyway, um, how about comics? You, you into comics at all, Eric? Yeah, I've been in. Well, I've been into comics for a while, although I'm not really keeping up with many. Basically, it was I always loved like you know the various superhero characters as we were talking about a bit earlier. And a couple of years ago, I got into comic. Well, actually, I guess a couple of years ago it was probably like ten years ago by now. And I was just collecting for quite a while. For about a couple of years, I was collecting a ridiculous amount of stuff, and then, well, financial stuff, so I cut back majorly. And at this point, I'm, like, a couple of years behind on, like, everything Marvel, DC, and such. Mm -hmm. The only series I'm really keeping up with are, well, web comics. Like, Atomic Robo is one that I was mentioning to you guys earlier or whatever, which, it started out as a print comic... Then it moved to a web comic, but with it still reprints that stuff as it's still reprinted as print comics as well. So. Yeah, it's it's a comic about a robot created by Nikola Tesla in the 1920s who has various Ooh. action science adventures throughout from then till present day and such. That sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah, are you at all familiar with Eight uh, Bit Theater? I have heard of that. Okay, because the, the, the guy that does oh, it is... I love 8-Bit Theater. I especially love their rendition of Dungeons & Dragons. Oh my god! Because, yeah, Brian Clevenger, who did that, he's the guy that writes Atomic Robo. Ooh. That's right. so hot. <laughs> J- <laughs> Joseph! 
Joey. Joe. Uh-huh. Joey. Joseph. Hi. How you uh, doing? Like little juice. You have to say his name three times. Oh, uh, he said Joseph <laughs> first. I was like, I'm not answering you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some rapid fire, shall we? All right. So the way we've been doing rapid fire is uh, with our guests is I jot down various questions throughout the podcast uh, based on you know, answered questions and whatnot. However, this time around, fate decided that it was going to play this funny little trick on me, uh, a late April Fool's, if you must, where my pen explodes, and I can't read anything I wrote down. So, <laughs> we're going to do the classic style of rapid fire. Mr. Eric, are you ready, sir? Yep. All right. Let's start off super easy, but then they might get a little bit complicated. We'll see what happens. All right. So, to start us off with, what is your favorite color? Uh, red. Favorite food? Uh, french fries. <gasps> With or without vinegar? Nah, either or. Oh, do you like ketchup on him? Yeah. He's Canadian, uh, of course he does. He just knows how to talk to a guy. Alright, <laughs> favorite word? Indubitably. Ooh. That's a good word, I like that one, but I can it's never a, pronounce it properly. It was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> Once again, for for those of us that weren't quite paid, <laughs> indubitably. Oh, indubitably. Indubitably. Uh, there we go. Indubitably, indubitably sir. Indubitably. It sounds like gibberish when I say it. <laughs> Tyrion also put a question in uh, in the Facebook chat. Joey, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, no, because I'm 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 kind of doing my thing right now. Okay, just just you know just sorry. never mind. <laughs> continue, good sir. Continue. I am a professional. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is one trait that you have that best describes you? Um, organized. Well, judging by your gorgeous shelf over there, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> you need to come and organize my life then, because that's not a word I'd use to. Describe Don't do myself. it. Don't do it, Eric. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a bit of a long commute to Australia for me. Totally uh, worth we'll it, work though. Out. <laughs> we'll work something out. I'll send you a dinghy. Start <laughs> rowing. All right. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, um. I, I don't even know. Um. The question, what is my biggest pet peeve? No. <laughs> Oh, anything. It doesn't need to be your biggest, but something that bugs you. Um. Is it me guess... rubbing in the fact that I've got a big giant Easter egg and you haven't? Nah. I'll <laughs> actually say when stuff isn't properly organized, just tie it back into my <laughs> other thing. So you don't like disorganization as a pet peeve of yours? Yeah. It is you, Terrilyn. He was right. <laughs> it is. This is awkward. <laughs> Sorry. Actually, they've got they've got a perfect word for that, and it's called clusterfuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is your worst okay. habit? My worst habit, um, th that would be actually when um, I'm uh, w when something goes wrong with, let's say, like the internet cuts out, and I'm in the middle of doing something that requires 
the internet. Instead of just moving on and doing something else, I spend forever trying to, you know, get the internet working, or if I can, just still trying. That's me. <laughs> you know. That's what I do. But I mean, that's my career, yeah. but still, that's what I do. <laughs> I get locked in and I need to finish this puzzle. Yeah. Oh, I go into a rage. <laughs> mm, me too. <laughs> Insert Windows 10 updating itself on Felicia Day right there. Perfect. Perfect explanation. Like, that's my rage. <laughs> mm. All right. Which letter in the alphabet best describes you? Uh, we'll go with Q. Hmm. Ten... This is a Star Trek reference. Ten-pointer. It wasn't, but it could be. Even better. <laughs> if you could rename the street that you live on, what would you name it? Uh, I like that question, by the way. I don't know if you've ever said that one before. I think I did it once. It's a good question. I actually don't mind the name of the street I live on. But uh, maybe something like Awesome Lane. I don't know, something like that. How about you guys? Let's throw this question to all the hosts. Hmm. I'd go, I'd be on Elm Street. Enough said. Yeah. Good point. I'd want something pretty, like I don't know, Majestic Mountain Avenue. <laughs> Whatever. You would totally be on Wisteria Lane. Don't lie. <laughs> Wisteria. Yes, that's pretty. I don't know. I think. Wait, she, is that a reference wow. I'm not getting? That's. <laughs> she doesn't even know what the reference. <laughs> Oh, I'd be at the Boulevard no, that, of Broken the, Dreams. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> Wisteria Lane is the place that the show Desperate Housewives takes place. Mm. I knew it was a reference. I didn't know what it was, too, but... I knew that, and I don't know why, but I knew that. Because, Same. Blair, you're 29 years old. Yeah, it's uh, 29. <laughs> I appreciate that, sir. Makes you a 19-year-old, I guess. <laughs> oh, God, I wish... You and me both. I God, don't. I'd hate to be 19 again. Oh, I'd take 19 back. You you wait till you're on the wrong yeah. side of par. You'll look at 19 differently. <laughs> it's going to happen, Tierlin. When you turn 25, it's going to hit you. It will, Shut up. It's already you won't notice it at first. Here's the, and Blair can back me up on this. You will not notice it at first. But once you hit 25, this little seed plants itself. I have itself, hit 25. And then slowly <laughs> he doesn't even know how old you are, Tierlin. <laughs> Slowly, each day, it just builds up, and you don't realize it's building up. And then once you hit 26, you might get a hint of it. And then when 27 comes along, you start to realize its, it's existence, oh, but you, he's you bringing start it back. actively ignoring it. And by the time you hit 28 and a half, you're completely aware of it, and it starts to consume your world no matter how hard you fight against it. And then when you turn 30, you're like, well, I'm done. Wow. <laughs> That's it. Don't even fight anymore. That's uh, it. I, I'm 30 right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over, dude. <laughs> I, I like how you saved that, though, Joey. I got to give you credit on that. You saved that really well. Because <laughs> we're like, well, I'm you like, know, dude, we... We, we have writers and then we have the pad one. I, I, I'm, I'm an oral storyteller. <laughs> yeah, you're the rambling man and it works out for you. Sorry. Continue on, Joey. It's <laughs> all right. Uh, if you could describe yourself as a flavor, what would it be? Oh, um, I'd like to say, like, Rocky Road, but I'm probably vanilla. Nothing wrong with vanilla. It blends well with Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and Mountain Dew. It's all good. Float. 
Oh, not not me. Like I'll I'll pour in like a half of a can of of whatever soda that I want with it, and I mix it in, up until it's kind of like like a milkshake. Oh, it's so good. I've done that before. That's the only way that I eat ice cream now. I can't just sit there and do like spoonfuls. But anyway. Alright, so last but not least, how friggin' awesome is am I? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> how awesome is Toronto Gal? <laughs> oh, she is very awesome. Extremely awesome. Yeah. Yeah. True story. I, I, I cringe whenever I hear that question because I just get those awful flashbacks to my first time on this podcast <laughs> and not knowing who the hell Toronto gal was. I'm like, I don't know who that is. I've got a slightest clue who, who he's talking about. Apparently you're British now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because every other word that comes out of your mouth, Blair, is boot. And me, I'm like, yes, bitch. And she's all, well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Boot. Yeah, it's a good. It sums up the podcast. <laughs> oh God! Oh, we went off the rails. I actually, because um, Felicia's coming to Toronto's big convention, which um, I don't think she has before. So this will be the first time she's coming up here, which is pretty sweet. Well, for a convention, she's been up here for her book signing, and she filmed the movie mm-hmm. up here a few years back. Really looking forward to to having her at this con. But uh, I, I reached out to Allison, uh, Toronto gal, and I was and I was like, "So, are you going to make an incognito appearance where I might be in the same room as you and not know who you are?" And uh, she's like, "Probably not." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I try, guys. I try. I really do. Um, I, I do value her 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 privacy, and I and I and I don't push too hard. But I uh, I am perhaps the biggest Toronto gal fan that there is, and and I will never not want to meet her." Okay, so um, let's wrap this up, shall we? Eric, where, we, where can we find you on the World Wide Web, if you will? Um, I'm on uh, Twitter at Eric underscore J underscore Barkman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on Twitch um, as Eric Barkman, just one word, no underscore. Uh I do stream on Twitch. I don't think I, we actually talked about that. But no, I apologize for that. In fact, let's do that right uh, now. What do you What do you generally stream on Twitch? Uh, I currently do uh, on Mondays. I play Pokemon Yellow. I'm playing through that. Oh, that is the best Pokemon game. Uh, uh yeah, it, it's pretty awesome. Uh, on Wednesdays is where I'm currently doing a uh, Twilight Princess that we mentioned earlier. And on Thursdays, I do Mario games. I'm about to start on New Super Mario Brothers U. Mm. The the yeah. the Wii U Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, the Wii U one. Is that the 3D yeah. one? No, that's the 2D one. Oh, this is the one where you have four players. Yes, but I'm just doing single player. <laughs> Good because four players, worst Mario ever. It because there's oh. there's always one person that just wants to kill everybody else. Oh, you want to jump that gap? No, I'm not moving. And you're dead. Well, yeah, the, the, the Wii one I just finished doing on stream. I was doing single player, but like years ago when it first came up, came came out, I did it uh, four player with friends, and we beat it in one night. But there was so much yelling. There was so much like it was just insane. But yeah. Okay. Well, um, and your Twitch yeah. channel. You were saying what's your Twitch channel so people can yeah. tune in. 
uh, twitch.tv slash Eric Barkman. Perfect. And you stream, you said, Monday, and then, Wednesdays, and... And Thursdays. And Thursdays, nice. Do you have a time slot yeah. you generally stream within? Um, I generally try to start somewhere between, like, 2 and 4. Today I actually started at 1.30 because I wanted to make sure I right. didn't stream too long today. But I don't exactly have a set time within that. Just that's kind of what I try to start. And that's mountain. I do all mountain. No, not mountain time. C- oh, central. That's, uh, central. Central. Yeah, that's central standard time. Yeah. Get my kid. Yeah, I, I do always try to uh, on Twitter mention uh, about half an hour in advance when I'll be when I start setting up or whatever. Mm. That's pretty. I also cool. actually every day have started streaming my writing as well on Twitch. Very cool. Which, that's generally in the morning ish, late morning. Nice, nice. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Um, so we got Facebook, we got Twitter, we got uh, Twitch. Your Tumblr, we can re-mention here. Yeah, uh, EricBarkman.tumblr.com. Everyone. And uh, yeah, is that? Oh, I'm on YouTube as well. I always put my Twitch streams onto YouTube, which is Eric Barkman. And I also used to do some vlogs. I haven't done a vlog in a while though but mm-hmm. used to be something i did pretty cool all right guys uh let's wrap this up shall we uh i'd like to thank eric barkman for joining us here on the who pod uh, it, it's always been a pleasure to be able to speak to the humans i mean we've been fortunate enough to be able to deal with people that uh as of late have perhaps been more camera uh focused the ones that we've seen on the twitch uh, the old geek and sundry vloggers and um, we'll be having another one of those very soon. Little, little teaser for you. Um, and, uh, th- but the core of this show and, and how we got to meet Tyrlin is talking to the everyday humans. And that's something that's very important to us. And we, something we want to talk to more of you guys. So if you're interested on in being the show, please write us at humanpodcast at gmail.com. We're not leaving that segment behind. We loved speaking with Eric today. Um, and we love getting to know each and every one of you. You guys are the, the beating heart of this community, and, uh, and, and this podcast is for you. So uh, once again, I want to thank Joey and Tierlin and Eric for being on this podcast. And until next time, guys, take care. You can find Blair on Twitter at Blair Beverage, Webisode Watch, and WhoPod. His Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash Blair Beverage, where he streams Friday evenings at 9pm Eastern Standard Time. You can also find him on YouTube. Just search his name. That's him. Finally, you can catch him playing the Goblin Shaman in the web series Basic Adventuring 101, which can be found on basicadventuring101.com. You can find Joey on Twitter at joeycouture underscore, because someone already stole it, on YouTube as Joey Couture, and you can also find him on Etsy, Joey Couture Geek Chic. You can find Tyrolin at Tiz Thunder on Twitter, Tyrolin Puxty on YouTube, Tyrolin Puxty on Facebook, and I'm pretty much floating around everywhere. T-Y-R-O-L-I-N-P-U-X-T-Y. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.